We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. We are through two days of the 2020 NFL Draft. The Green Bay Packers have made, they've gone through three rounds. The Packers have made three picks. So you got Jason, Mark Eckel, and Paul Brettel to break down day two of the draft after a, what I'll describe as a befuddling day one. We were greeted with more befuddlement on day two. So, gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? I'm, I'm, I'm dismayed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been caught off guard with these first three picks. I will not lie, and I'm, I'm going to assume and guess that I am not the only one. No, you just need to hog, hop onto Twitter right. or whatever medium you of, of mass fan feedback and you immediately see there's a lot of questions about what the Packers are doing. So it's created a lot a lot of questions and a lot of topics for conversation. Not a whole lot of of um, knowledge of some of these players. You know, it's it funny before we got on, Paul, you were working on a write up for Cheesehead TV and part of the reason why it might have taken a little bit longer was because the Packers third round pick, Josiah Deguara was not a known entity to you, and I'm going to guess he definitely wasn't to me. I don't, Mark, I don't know if you had heard his name prior. Yeah, never heard. 
So Cincinnati. I mean, I, I, who watches Cincinnati? I mean, I don't watch Cincinnati. Yeah, and I mean the program. There's something to be said about that. We've talked about you know. Well, they're a good program. I just don't watch them. I mean, I'm, I watch Alabama and LSU. Yeah. Teams like that. Right. Clemson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's something to be said about the level of competition too, and playing in big games and stuff like that. So, um, round one we've already covered. We can talk about that. When we circle back at the end, but let's start with the first pick of the day for the Packers. They stayed put at both of their picks. So they they ended up at gosh I'm, am I forgetting was it 64 62 so they they pick at 62 and the you know there were there were some a lot of players on the board you know they there were some guys that fell and dropped Josh Jones the tackle was there um just prior to Green Bay picking, there was a run of, of players that I thought might be potential targets of theirs. For example, J.K. Dobbins, the running back, was off the board. Jonathan Taylor went long before that to the Colts earlier in the second round. Devin Duvernay, who was mocked to the Packers several times and, and might have possibly been a candidate to slip into the fourth round, went just two picks before the Packers to the Baltimore Ravens. That was in the third round. In the third round, right. Oh, you're oh, right. Second, third. Yeah, in the, in the third round. So between these two picks here, um, you know, very interesting. The Packers go with running back A.J. Dillon out of Boston College in the second round with their second pick. We know Matt LaFleur and his offense likes running backs. We know that Aaron Jones is going to be a free agent after the 2020 season. And you would think with a second round investment in a running back that this might signal the Packers' plans as far as Jones is concerned. So, Mark, I'll, I'll start with you. We talked a little bit kind of just chatting during the day of picks today, but would you agree that that might seem to telegraph what the Packers are thinking with Aaron Jones? I, I guess. I mean, I, I listen, I'm, I'm the most anti-running back guy you're going to meet when it comes to draft. I, I know the Packers have been so smart with that. They, you can get – Aaron Jones in the fifth round, you know, they they took a shot on Dexter Williams last year in the sixth round, didn't didn't pan out so well yet, but I guess he's gone. I mean, he, he has no chance of making the team now. So, uh, but still, I mean, I I don't understand. I didn't I don't understand that pick. I mean, now maybe I'm I'll, listen. I've covered a lot of drafts, mostly in Philly. I try to give you know. I always say, listen, they know more than we do. They know what you know. They watch film, they interview the guys, they do all that kind of stuff. Um, I just don't understand. This draft was not about 2020 at all. I mean, it, I don't know what it's about. It's about them. I think, like, we we chatted just before we came on. They're going to be, become a totally different offense. The, the Green Bay Packer offense that we're used to, to seeing for the last, God, I don't know, since Holmgren got there, 92, so mm-hmm. whatever many years that is. It's not going to look like that anymore. They're going to run the ball. They're going to be a run-first, ground-and-pound kind of team. Right? right. I mean, does that sound like one of you guys? Yeah, it, it definitely does to me. I mean, no, so... It's sort of coming out, I think. Well, 6 feet, 247. Paul, is that the kind of running back we're used to seeing in the backfield? I guess you could say Eddie Lacy a couple of years ago, but that's that's a big guy. 
Yeah, Dylan's definitely a bit of a throwback. Um, and just to reference what Mark was referring to, so during the third round of the draft, Jim Osarski of Packers News uh, sent out a tweet that he was calling around, and an agent told him that the Packers were moving towards a more run-oriented attack. So with that information in mind, and although it still not, might not make you happy that there's not a receiver or a tackle or defensive lineman that's been selected, the two picks today make more sense with that bit of information. Um, but Dylan, like I said, he's a throwback. Uh, he rushed for over 1,100 yards all three seasons. He's broke 81 tackles last year, a fifth most in the country by pro football focus. He's a bruiser. Um, in my opinion, it seemed a little bit of a reach, one, just because the running back position, we can find them later in the draft. Aaron Jones is a prime example. But also, he only has 21 career receptions. And I know I was reading through some tweets from some of the reporters who met with him or spoke with him after he was drafted, and he said that um, that, that part of his game is more refined than the, you know, the 21 receptions that we see. But still, that's concerning. He's not an Aaron Jones um, you know, move them out to the slot. So it definitely plays into the report that they are going to be more run heavy. And just to hit on what you talked about Jay earlier, Jason, or asked Mark, I don't think that this is any real sign of, you know, what's to come for Jones just because their skill sets are so different. If anything, it's Jamal Williams. You know, that could that could be the case too. I think that makes a lot of sense. Cause when, I, when, I, when I look at the notes here, moves the pile – can be a bell cow back, massive frame. Many defenders don't even want to try to tackle him. You know, I don't know, Mark. Did you did you had a chance to watch any any film on him? When I watch him, I don't see a guy that's super fast. But you know, when he gets out into the open field, he he can be tough to bring down, and he runs he runs hard. Didn't catch the ball a ton in college, which is something that the backs tend to do a lot of in Green Bay. So that was also a little bit of a head scratcher. Well, the one thing about that, from what I've read. Um, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know if it was after, like, um, Paul said after his conference call or just the scouts, I forget. But, um, yeah, he didn't catch many passes at BC, but they don't. that's not what they do. Um, I guess at the Senior Bowl or during the, the combine, whatever it was, he they teams wanted to see him as a receiver, and apparently he caught everything thrown to him. So it's not like he can't do it. He just was never asked to do it. Um but again, I guess Paul said, if this is going to become a God a run, this is are we going back to the days of John Rockington and MacArthur Lane? Is this what is this where we're headed? Is this this power sweep? We're going to seal it here and seal it there. I mean, what this isn't the way football's played in 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 2020, is it? No, but and you know what. He's shifty. I mean, you know, Dylan's shifty. He's got he's he's got some moves. I mean, he's not super dynamic that way, but he's a guy that can take he can he can carry the rock a bunch of times for you. So, um, Andy Herman made a good point actually to kind of go along with what you said, Paul, which is it's possible that the Packers could maybe look to move Jamal Williams before the end of the draft. Now, I don't know if it makes sense at this point going into day three. Uh, to pick up some more draft picks, you know, to me, if it's not going to be in rounds one, two, or three, I don't know how much sense that makes when you've got a, a starter that's under contract who is effective in your offense. But uh, that was something that that was brought up there, so maybe there is a little more credence to be to be made there. 
Yeah, I think that Jamal will be around uh, just to give, you know, they'll have three running backs now, and I guess four with Tyler Irvin, Irvin. Uh, at the Combine. LaFleur mentioned that he'd like to have a third running back, uh, you know, as good as Jones and Williams are, you know, just to have someone to take a little bit of the burden off of their shoulders. But I was thinking back. Um, they kind of have five. Depends what you consider the kid they took in the third round. DeGuara. Oh, yeah, good point. Is he, a, is he a fullback or is he a tight end? Well, so so Josiah DeQuara was was the third round pick. The Packers stayed put at ninety four, and they picked him there. You know, Mark makes a good point. He does have that frame. I've seen some comparisons to Danny Vitale, just in terms of what his role might be, not the player or the skill set, but the player that he might be for the Packers. But all the tape that I watched on him was was him getting open. Now I don't know what level of competition Cincinnati faced in, in their you know in their games uh, because he was. He seemed to be pretty wide open, but when I read the scouting report on him, it's not a, it's not a, it's, this, this is a full, yeah, Mark, you make a great point. This is a bruiser. He's a fullback. He's a blocker. I didn't see him blocking a whole lot on tape. A lot of it was him catching the ball and, and getting behind defenders, but that was more against zone and stuff like that. He just, you know, it doesn't sound like he's going to be super dynamic. So I don't, I don't know what they're going to ask him to do unless it's, it's maybe it's Mercedes Lewis plus maybe a, a little more in the passing game. Yeah, I think he's there to uh, – I think blocking is going to be a big part of his job. I was looking at Lance Zerline of NFL.com, his scouting report, and he kept throwing around uh, the term H-back, and I think that that could be a good fit for for him there. But he had, over his last two seasons at Cincinnati, he still had almost 1,000 receiving yards, so he still gives them that – uh, element out of the backfield or if he lines up in line to be able to you know be at least be an option in the passing game but one thing I wanted to bring up was um, looking back at towards the end of Favre's career when they brought in Amon Green um, you know they focused a little bit more on the run at that point in his career so maybe there's a similar transition and in today's NFL you know passing the ball is king Aaron Rodgers you know may only have a couple years left but he's still Aaron Rodgers so I mean when we think of a run-oriented attack in today's NFL, you know we're not going to see Rodgers throw the ball 10 times. He's still going to be throwing the ball. But I think that this will, once again, Gudikin's plan, we saw with this free agency, uh, the Matt LaFleur hire, it's to take some of the burden off of Rodgers' shoulders. Uh, and so being able to rely on the run, set up play action, take advantage of that, I'm guessing that that's kind of the, you know, on the surface, the big picture of what they're going for with this. And again, I don't, I don't mind that. Except, I thought they, why couldn't they do that with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams? No, I, mean, I agree. That makes perfect sense. They had, yeah, two, they had two good backs. Mm-hmm. Oh, I 100 percent agree. You know, and again, I guess, like I said, Dexter Williams must be totally out of the mix, right? He's he's getting cut. Yeah, I think that. Even I think if it was up to Lafleur, they Lafleur would have cut him last season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, it was obvious he was that he was out of favor when. When Jamal got hurt, and they they brought a guy to practice squad up over him, so yeah, he's he's out of here. I mean, he's gone. Yeah, um, yeah and that and was and I think you know, and Dex was a, what was he sixth round last year? So that's yeah. you know, yeah. And I'm not sitting here justifying saying that I'm all on board with them being a run heavy attack, but you know, knowing that piece of information, and then you know, I was just kind of thinking back and looking back. It it makes. You know, at least it justifies the picks more having that having that nugget. Whereas before, you're just sitting here going, "What the heck is going on right now?" I don't know if you can can, can you even with that. Can you justify taking what's his name again? Aguara. 
Yeah, him. And the third, I mean, again, I'll trust that they – I guess they figured they don't pick again to the bottom of the fifth round that maybe he wouldn't be – if they really love him, they, maybe he wouldn't be there by the bottom of the fifth. I mean, well, that's that's a, no I mean, one had him as a third round pick. No, and that's a good point, Mark. Even I mean, that's like, I think that's being kind right now. I mean, the, the reality is is that his projection his projection on NFL.com for whatever that's worth to anybody is round six. Yeah, I mean, I saw five. I saw five or six. And sure, it could be five, but it just seems like. The Packers are sticking it where they're at. I'm sure they've tried to move. They moved up on day one, actually. They moved up for in the first round for yeah, um, a fourth-round pick that they probably could have used to yeah. get. In. Gave up their fourth to move up and pick Love in the first round. And then in two, it's Dylan. And three, then, so in two and three, they stay put. And it just seems like they they had a guy that they wanted or they, they just let the board fall the way that it did. And maybe they had another guy or, or a player that they wanted, but – they weren't, you know, they didn't have any ammo. They weren't able to go back up. They're picking late in the they fifth round, six and seven. They just don't, you know, unless they want to give up stuff next year, which I don't know how wise that would be. No, my point is, Jason, this guy would have been there. Right. Instead of, instead of taking him at 94, mm-hmm. move back and get two, get a, a fourth and a fifth or two fours or a lower third and whatever you could have done. I mean, were they worried that he was going to go to – maybe they were. Maybe Again, they know more than we do. Well, they know more than we do, but 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 I'm on board. I'm I'm with you all the way. I mean, that's that's this just this just reeks of let's just sit I mean, here. Two tight ends did go after that after they took him. The uh, Jets took the tight end from Virginia Tech, and New Orleans took the tight end from from Dayton. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were. I don't. I, again, I'm I'm. T- <laughs> I can't even guess what's going on anymore. Well, this takes me back a little bit to uh, takes me back to the 2014 when Ted Thompson picked Richard Rodgers in the third round, and that was another head scratching tight end pick earlier than he probably needed to. Sometimes guys just, I, I think these personnel guys just some of them just have guys that they want. Now it's frustrating because for those of us to go through and do the mock drafts and read all the analysis and we start getting used to the names and we have these names shoved down our throats, especially as we get closer to the draft, you hear the same, you know, 30 to 50 names over and over and over again, and you kind of get used to them in your mind. And so when those guys get picked, we as fans see that as a miss or a loss or, oh, they missed out on this guy. They didn't get that guy. And so maybe we do have to kind of wonder if they don't know something that we don't. Well, all, always, all I know is that the, all I know is is that the sentiment uh, on social media, for what it's worth, and these are fans. Again, be glad that half of them aren't making the picks, and that it's actually the GMs. But there's just a, there's a lot of confusion, and a lot of head scratching going on right now. Yeah, and from the outside looking in, I mean, we always know that within the building, they know so much more than us, and there's so much more going on than I'm sure we could fathom. But you know, as you mentioned, we do the mock drafts, we watch the film. You know, these these months leading up to it on the podcast, we've had the positions that we talk about week to week. Here we are going into day three and the Packers haven't addressed receiver, tackle, defensive lineman, linebacker, cornerback at all. And the draft, it's easy to get focused on filling the immediate needs that a team has. But the general manager has to balance that with obviously the long term. But if we look at just the short-term needs right now, the Packers drafted a backup quarterback, their third string running back and a fullback. 
Yeah. Right. right. So it, <laughs> yeah. So then that so then that begs the question of I mean we we know who the players are. So Josiah Deguara in, in round three, AJ Dillon in round two. So I'll just ask you this guy straight up right now. We don't know what the rest of the draft is going to look like or who else they might acquire and what other things might happen between now and the beginning of the season. Hopefully there is a season. But Paul, I'll start with you. Did have the, I mean have the Packers gotten better? Uh no. They're going to go into. You know, I, it's like free agency, I think, to kind of just stay the same. Because not, I mean, Love, you know, barring an injury, he's not going to play. Dylan's going to be, like I said, the third string. And then, you know, um, Deguara, he's a fullback. You know, they're not just not going to have a huge impact on the game. And while they still have six draft picks left, they're all in the fifth round or later. So those aren't guys that you're going to bank on to come in and make an impact next year. So, I mean, there's the legit possibility that, eight draft picks or nine draft picks, whatever they ended up having, that none of them are going to be, you know, huge contributors or be that person that we all were hoping for at the receiver position or defensive line, whatever it was that was going to come in and help push them, you know, closer to the Super Bowl. They're just kind of, they're just kind of staying where they were, in my opinion. Right. Mark, what's your take? Well, here's the thing. For this team to be better, I don't know if they're better or worse. I, I really don't know. I mean, I don't, they're not much better. They're not much worse. But here's how they'll be better. It's not about these. It's not about the rookie class. It's about Kingsley Kiki becoming a better player. Mm-hmm. It's about St. Brown, who missed all last year, maybe becoming that slot receiver that they need. It's about Jake's, Jay Sternberger, who basically missed a year, becoming a you know a number one tight end that that's a factor in the offense. It's about Elton Jenkins getting even better at guard, and maybe um, I don't know Ricky Wagner, I guess, or whoever wins that right tackle spot. You know, Lane Taylor's still on the team, which and that's another shocking um, development. But I, you know, what he might. A friend of mine was telling me this. You know, I and I forgot about this. He played a little bit of tackle at one point. He might be in that mix for that right tackle spot as well. Maybe that's why he's still he's still on the on the roster. So it's it's about the it's about um, Jackson, maybe the light bulb finally coming on for, for him with a new position coach and Jerry Gray. Maybe you know he was a second round pick. He's supposed to be you know a good player at this point. He hasn't done anything so far. It's about Oren Burks. You know guys that haven't done much. You know they that's going to be the difference. And if is is this team better or or worse? Yeah, Valdez, Scantling, Lazard, Rashawn, Gary, all those guys. All those guys basically now need to become the big acquisitions this year and turn into a better version of what they were last year. The the, the betting man and the the odds say some will, but not all will. And so then it just depends on how impactful those that don't take that step forward are going to be towards the negative toward, to this team. Now, they haven't – I don't think that they've gotten – markedly worse. I know that people aren't very excited about this draft because it hasn't been the sexy picks that everybody wanted. And like I said, some of the names that everyone got used well, the to. First pick was very sexy. Well, the first pick was, you know, it, it in, in the technical sense of it all. I mean, again, this was one that Love's name was mentioned in connection with the Packers. And we knew that they, they liked him and they met with him. But I don't think there were very many people that had them 
picking him in the first round, let alone moving up to do so. So in that, from that sense, yes, it's a sexy pick, but it was a confusing one to a lot of the fan base. But the fans aren't the ones, again, the fans aren't the ones making the picks, and that's a good thing because if they were, I don't know how many championships this team would have. So, you know, we kind of, we kind of joked about going back to the days of the Lombardi offense, and that could be, I mean, Andy, Andy Herman joked about the wishbone and the way that they're going to run their backfield. I mean, if there's one thing you can say, not that the Packers are going to turn into the 49ers, but when you that's get how they are, that's, but what, that's what's becoming. Well, when you get to late season football, you want to you want to get more physical up front. And you want to run the football. They're this, they're setting themselves up to at least do that. If there's one thing AJ Dillon does very well. It's it's move bodies. He moves a pile yeah. very well, and that's the kind of guy that you want running the ball in January. And I don't you know I don't know I think Paul yeah, January case. How about if, if they and again I was a, I didn't like the AJ Dillon pick at first and then maybe starting to warm up to it. They beat the Eagles last year if they have AJ Dillon. Yeah, because they don't they don't fail they don't they don't have to throw the ball four times from the one yard line. Right, it gives to Dillon and he probably scores right. And he gets in there and if, if you know if Devontae doesn't get hurt. They probably win anyway, but well, yeah. But Devontae did get hurt. If they had AJ Dillon, and they, they, they would, I think they win the game. So do you think? I mean, because that short yarded situation had had kind of for a while. I mean, I think they were better last year, but for a while it had kind of been an issue. So Paul, is this taking you back a little bit to the days of of um, you know John Kuhn, where it was the old school two yards and a cloud of dust, and and Dillon can be a guy that can pick up some of those tougher yards. Yeah, I mean, that's what he's, I mean, he's a bruiser, he breaks tackles, I mean, that's what he did at Boston College, but he can break some big plays as well, I mean, they'll have him for those situations if they want to use him, but by no means do I think that that was any sort of reasoning for the for the selection or anything like that. There's a There's a greater plan in place right now out there that we, none of us are grasping at the moment, um, but yeah. I mean, it just looks like they're going more towards the running game, as we've already discussed. Well, and they may have targets down the road that they want to get after in terms of players that are going to be available. I mean, if you think about it, you know, what are what's one thing we know about rookies? They're cheap. I mean, we know how much they're going to cost. So if you're trying to control costs, and if that's any part of the equation of what you're talking about, Paul, because I think it's right. I mean, you have to think there is a plan that's several years down the road that's that's happening right now based on what we've seen these first couple of days because I don't think it really matters now what happens on day three because those those are lottery picks and, and Mark I think we've talked about that before once you get past the fourth round the Packers don't have a pick in the fourth round it becomes rather lottery like right yeah and, and sometimes you hit the lot I mean they hit they hit on they got, they got Aaron Jones I mean the Packers have done through the years They've gotten some good players mm-hmm. in the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds. Mm-hmm. They, you know, um, Aaron Jones jumps right off the page as he has a fifth round pick. Um, Donald Driver back in the day. Donald Driver was a seventh round pick. Uh, you know, um, even like role players, they've gotten like a you know Mason Crosby, a kicker or or, or punter. Um, I mean, they, you know, like you can get good players in the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds, but you're right, they're not going to be immediate difference makers. But, the, you know, you could help special teams. That's the other thing. The, what's his name again? I always forget his name. The, the, Josiah DeGuara? Yeah, DeGuara. He's supposedly a very good special teams player. I read that. And, and 
if, if nothing else, he's he's a demon on special teams. So. Which is great, but not for a third-round pick. I want more than a, a fullback that plays good special teams. I want a, I wanted the cornerback from Notre Dame. I wanted, you know, tried. I wanted... I don't know. I wanted somebody better. Right. right, Troy Pride. Well, for those of you that are still hoping the Packers draft a wide receiver. There's none left. And, and did, did Peoples-Jones go? Because once the Packers pick, that oh, kind of tuned he's out. He's going to go by the bottom of, by the next time they pick, he'll, he'll be gone. Yeah, he'll be gone. Tyler Johnson's out there, too, but I don't know if he fits the mold of what the Packers like to do. And then you've got and a I, couple. You've got a couple of offensive linemen and, and a, you know a couple corners. But at this point, too, you know, Paul, I don't know what your take is in, in terms of what's left and, and what they might be able to snag early. You know, if, if they're able to move up, I don't know what kind of ammo they have to do it. But on day three, yeah, I, I don't see them moving up at all. They don't have the draft capital. They'd have to go and dig into dig into next year to do so. But Mark and I, um, we had that conversation on Twitter. I mean, once you start getting to the fifth, sixth, seventh round, are those options there going to be better than MVS or St. Brown, uh, you know, Lazard? Are they going to be? Especially considering those guys have the experience? Probably not, at least not initially, unless it's just one of those home run guys like Donald Driver or lottery ticket type players. Well, and if you get so if you get the best of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, because they didn't get that in 2019. He regressed from what he did in 18. If you even get 2018 Marquez Valdez-Scantling and you get a healthy EQ for all 16 games, you add Lazard into the mix, you've got Devontae Adams, right? It's, you're forgetting somebody. Well, no, that's Jake Kumaro. You're somebody. Bunches. Jake Kumaro, Devin yeah, Bunches. But I'm, but I'm saying they've got, they have a, they've got a crowded room now. They've got the bodies. You know, everybody wants a receiver because that's listed as a need. And, and I sometimes and everyone else – can get can get caught up in the laziness of saying, well, this is the listed list of needs that this team has. Why aren't they taking players that fall into that? And I, and I know, Mark, you and I had a, a kind of spirited conversation about it too. Where yes, you have to fill needs on your team, and you have to be mindful of that. But drafts are also too, and it, and it just you know. I guess the Packers are going that route because they want to be more run heavy, and so they're they're making picks like that. But you've also got to pick. You've got an opportunity to grab a great player, even if you've already got one in that position. You know, sometimes that's that's the move you got to make. Not the one they not not necessarily the one that they that they made. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's obvious that they like their wide receiver a lot more than maybe everyone else fans do. Right? I mean, so they're counting on. You know, they must. I mean, St. Brown looked like a decent. You know, he, he was a rookie and he, he made some plays. He's he's a smart guy. Um, then he, you know, it was a shame he missed the entire year last year. I mean, that was a a setback. I mean, you know, if he comes back, and another guy we're forgetting is the kid they picked up, I, Reggie. Um, I don't know how to say his last name. Begleton. Elton. The kid from Canada. Yeah, Begleton. Begleton. Yep. Is, 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 he caught on, I mean, I know the CFL is a CFL, but you, if you catch 100 passes, I don't care where you're playing, 100, if you, that's a lot of catches. I mean, he could be a four or five for I mean, they, it is a crowded room. It's a, it's a crowded wide receiver room. Um, I was more concerned with right tackle. And I, that's why I wanted Isaiah Wilson in the first round. Sure. Yeah, I got, agree. That's still a big 
you know, it's still a big hole that they have to fill. Uh, Rick Wagner, he's you know he's coming off a down season, and he only played in 12 games, and he's only played in all 16 games one time since 2014. So odds are that someone's going to have to fill in there next year. And, you know, at this point, if they get a rookie in the fifth, sixth round, do you really want to trust them? So then is it kicking out Billy Turner? Is it bringing Lane Taylor out there? So there's still, I mean, and that's a that's an important position, especially when you have a quarterback, I think, turns 37 this year. So a quick comment that I'm reading here from Gutekunst after day two. Oh, what do you say? Was whether... Well, the, the one thing that he said, um, and I and I'm going to look a little bit further here because I'm wondering if he isn't talking about the wide receiver group. And you know, did you were you bummed that you didn't get a wide receiver? The question must have been something about not getting a wide receiver, and it basically said, um, you know, not really. You know, we we the way the first round fell, uh, you know, it was to be expected. So I don't know what the question was. We'll see if we can't address it a little bit tomorrow. I'm assuming that means receiver. He did say we were really fortunate that AJ fell to us in round two. That is interesting. Because I don't know how many people had A.J. Dillon graded above, you know, where they picked in the second round. I'll tell you one thing. Both that are the second and third round picks. Now, we're, we're not, we're kind of like confused by them and, and questioning them a little bit. They took about 10 seconds to make those picks. Uh-huh. There was no hemming and hauling. They, I couldn't believe how quick. I mean, it said Packers are on the clock and it said pick is in. I mean, it was like... So they they knew who they wanted. Yeah, there was a Goody said he there was an outside chance that they might draft a wide receiver at the back of the second round, but the board didn't fall that way. Um, I don't remember who. That was probably Mims, right? It went right it could have been Denzel Mims, uh, who you know I think a lot of I, I think a lot. Well, I think a lot of people are, are wishing those that are still not on board with the quarterback pick and one are wishing that Mims had been the pick in the first round. But the way he fell, obviously the Packers made made a you know they made a smart move not drafting him at, at either thirty or moving up to take him. Right, they could have moved up in the second and gotten what they really wanted him up. I guess. Yeah. yeah. So day three, you know, day threes they've got a lot of picks going into the day. We're not sure how many they're going to actually come out with. We'll have more coverage on that after the draft is over with, and then the 2020 draft will be in the books. And then it's just kind of a wait and see what's going to actually happen here. It's going to be interesting because the off-season programs, a lot of them are canceled. They're not happening. Some of them are happening virtually. Some of them, some teams are not doing them at all. And we're not going to really have any any actual football to talk about until training camp, provided that training camp starts on time. So this might be the last time that we have some more excitement going on in our uh, in our show, I guess at least in this fashion, uh, you know, in, in terms of content and stuff to talk about. So um, we'll have – actually, I should let you guys – so, Mark, as far as Packer Report goes, is it going to be mostly draft stuff this coming week, or are you working on anything else we should be aware no, of? Just draft stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm actually um, – I wrote one today on, on love, and um, I'm talking to a person – the person I've got to help me all prior to the draft – I'm using either, you know, some quotes I got from him prior, but I don't have any quotes from him on, uh, what's his name again? DeGore, right? Wow. <laughs> so he, he told me when the draft's over, he'll, he'll give me a couple quotes on each of the guys that the Packers took, so I'll have something there. I did talk to him about Dylan, and that's where he said um, he's not a big Dylan fan, but he said he is, a, like, kind of as Paul described him, a big 
old school. I think he called him an old school back. He said if if you if you need a guy for short yardage and goal line, you know, he's your guy. But I don't know if you, I don't know if you take that in the second. I mean, I, I think he's going like, he's going to be more than that since they took if they took him in the fourth round. I'd say yeah, that's what he is. Second round, you want him to be more than a goal line short yardage guy, right? Right, I would I would think so. Yeah, I would definitely think so. Paul, I know that we're going to have some stuff up at Dairyland Express. Anything else going on there at Cheesehead TV? Yeah, just a lot of uh, draft recap, taking a deeper dive into kind of everything that's going on and then slowly transition into looking ahead to the regular season, uh, positional battles, needs, weakness, strengths, all that good stuff. So be sure to check it out, Dairyland Express and Cheesehead TV. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Brettel, B-R-E-T-L. Yeah, so a week from now, we'll probably, I mean, we'll learn more as the week goes on and as the analysis comes out, and we might have some more insight for you. So when we go a week from now, it might be a little bit more meaty on some of these guys, or maybe there's some other rumors or things that take over as far as Packers go. But that's day two of the 2020 draft for you. We'll have more coverage tomorrow on day three. Can I add one thing to you, Jason? Absolutely before? can, yeah. Um, it looks like, I mean, we'll see, but... Prior to the draft, when they had their press conference, um, they told us that if we'll see how the draft goes, whether or not we bring back Tremont Williams. Well, they didn't get a corner, so my guess is Tremont might be back, right? Yeah, yeah call, call Tremont, call Snacks Harrison, just get him on the phone tonight. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so hopefully we're talking about that next week, just a little fortification for... The defense there, it's been a very offense-heavy draft so far, so we'll see what comes for the the remaining couple of uh, picks that the team has. But that'll do it for this edition. Thanks, everybody, as always, for listening, and Go Pack Go!
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.